Hi TJs, John here. I recently talked to Liam Butler from Some Total Systems. We talked about HR, tech, software integration, workforce expectations, and a whole lot more. So sit back and enjoy. So Liam, thanks very much for talking to TJ today. We've, uh, we're going to discuss a few things around HR tech and, and uh, company systems as well. I've got a few questions. First off, I'm going to talk about the employees' per- perception of of company systems such as HR and payroll. It seems that employees have a certain expectation of how these things should work, uh, HR, payroll, messaging, etc. So other than buying them all from the same vendor, how do you ensure all, that all these systems work together? Well, I prefer to do buy it all from the same vendor, i.e. us, but I think that's uh, probably not the reality. Um, I wish it was, but it's not always. But the reality actually is that... Um, most organizations do have disparate systems for doing different elements, be that uh, payroll, core HR, uh, messaging, whatever chat social system you use in an organization. And that actually is the uh, reality with very few exceptions. Uh, you may get uh, some organizations who are buying a, you know, a full suite system, HR system like uh, Workday that it um, seems to be pervasive at the moment. But even then, there'll be some systems that don't form part of that full suite. So it's almost unheard of for every soft application in a company that touches employees to be from a single vendor. It's There's always going to be some system out there that uh, rubs up against the other one. And I think for that to work well, there's really... Um, a key principle, and that's just making sure that your your people data is consistent across the systems. There needs to be some, some com- common items that you're passing from one system to another. And I guess best practice is to have a, um, a, a core a hub, uh, a core people profile that can pass the data between one system and the other. We do that within our system. We actually refer to it as core. And I, I know that um, most other uh, software companies have a similar principle. Um, you know, you roll it back 15 years ago and people used to talk about middleware. But now actually we're talking about a core system, a core system of record for the people record of a um, a person within that HR framework uh, holding their, their payroll information, uh, personal details, geographic location, etc. Basic rules around that and uh, different companies call it different things but effectively it's that, that central repository for the core HR data. That, that's the, the principle and it works well. It's something that we, we do and many others do but I think fundamentally it, it's really relevant because whether they're buying it all from one vendor or they're buying it from multiple vendors and they're buying it from multiple vendors in that uh, you tend to get uh, domain experts and so there's payroll is a classic one even the very large payroll vendors have multiple different payroll systems to do with the, the complexities of um, tax and different uh, geographic jurisdictions on payroll. So there tends to be very few large global organizations that have a single payroll system, even if they have a single payroll vendor. But fundamentally, the number one thing that sits at the bottom of this and is with this and permits throughout Huawei 3 is the employees don't care. As long as they have a good experience in the systems they're using within an organization, uh, particularly how they're touching on training and HR, they don't really mind whether it comes from one vendor, two vendors, or three vendors, as long as the experience is a positive one, as long as it's easy to use. Uh, If you look at uh, expenses, for example, employees just want to be able to submit the expenses and get paid quickly. They don't mind whether the company has one expensive system or two expensive systems. It's not really their problem. It's the same with HR as well. You know, often even mid-sized organizations have multiple HR systems. And it's, it's really not the concern of an employee unless it starts impacting the way they're doing their job. I think where it 
can be an issue is just where the data is not as clean as passing through the system. And I mentioned earlier on around this, the idea of this core people record. If there's uh, inconsistencies maybe between uh, someone doing some training in a training system or an LMS, and then how it passes through into uh, how they're doing their performance reviews and maybe there's uh, training gaps that they need to fulfill from doing training with the LMS and that isn't in sync with the performance management system. I think that can cause frustrations, but I think that's quite a rare thing these days. It doesn't matter whether it's us or uh, one of our uh, competing companies. Uh, we've all got to handle this many, many years ago and I don't think people can find there are many issues anymore. It's really more about making sure that the employees have the uh, simplest, easy-to-use interface and they can access the training or uh, payroll or expenses without any issues. So I think that leads on to the next question, which is what should companies look out for then when when designing uh, software for the whole workforce? Um, do you mean us as a company designing or the, the, the company? Because often there's companies often think they're designing the software so do you mean both perspectives or from our perspective i think it works both ways but i was thinking more about the companies who are designing it i.e the the vendor side really but i guess it's quite a collaborative thing isn't it it is because fundamentally how we design the software comes from the the feedback of uh, our clients if we were designing software in a in a bubble without any view of what's happening outside within our, our, our clients and prospective clients in the broader marketplace, I think we'd really fall out of sync with uh, demands of people. There'll be times where maybe companies like ourselves will take a leap of faith and we'll go off and, and do something if we think it's a good idea, but we're not maybe quite sure of the use case. That sounds quite a uh, astonishing omission, but it does happen more than you'd think. A good example of that is um, within the training world, people are very excited about the use of the XAPI or, or TINCAM, but the reality is, I don't think we or many of our clients truly know how they're going to be using it. We know it's a good idea, uh, but we don't quite know how people are going to use it. I know that's an odd thing to admit to on a, you know, an interview like this, but uh, that's reality. So like XAPI slash TINCAM, it's a bit like the, the iPad was when it first came out. It's a, you know, it's a good solution to a problem, but we don't know actually what that problem is we're fixing it. And the use of something like TeamCam when designing the software for the whole workforce, it's about making it contextually aware to how someone's using the system. So maybe within the um, the, the web browser, there might be now a, uh, a button in a web browser so when they read an article for continuing professional development, they can click the button in the web browser, I've read and understood this, and it gets added to the training record. Or it might be that you're using... Uh, the XAPI to build out um, really nice apps that you're, you can push out to your graduate intake or your top talent in organization to make it much more engaging for them. But that's XAPI is a great example when we're designing software, but we know there's good use for it, but we don't generally know what that good use is. And those use cases will come from industry, from clients over a period of time. Uh, but by and large, what we as a company is looking for when we're designing software for the whole workforce is simplicity and uh, ease of use. And we, as a as a company, don't rely on our perspective. We will tend to put it out to uh, third-party bodies who will uh, look at the software, the navigation workflow, and uh, they will give us an honest opinion whether it makes sense, whether our, we followed our user experience methodology or through to make it uh, consistent and how it's used but uh, by and large how we design software 
comes from the marketplace and also look at future trends in the case of the XAPI. So you've previously said that uh, company apps should be interesting, intuitive and commercially minded. How do you think you can, I mean, interesting is quite a general word, but how do you think you can make them uh, interesting? I guess there's a couple of directions you can make things interesting from. One is interesting to an end user. One is making it easy to use. And you, you mentioned the word intuitive. And by that, we we actually tend to follow, um, well, we do follow the, the bootstrap methodology uh, for the interface that you know, is used by the likes of Twitter and others. And it's just a common framework for the look and feel of the software. So they're going to feel comfortable with our software if they've used, I don't know, Twitter or many other social media mechanisms that are used in the marketplace today. But also about making it uh, interesting. You say, well, no, it's an old concept, say, how do you make it interesting? Well, it's the use of new ideas and new technology. So I've already mentioned the use of TinCan, the XAPI, to do fun things around bookmark functionality within a web browser. Uh, you could do it... Um, for maybe a, a building site, uh, people going onto a building site and uh, they're about to use a, a new piece of uh, machinery. There could be a, a QR code on the side of the piece of machinery. They could scan that with their phone and up would pop the training. And that's the sort of thing you can do to make it more relevant and more contextual to people. They couldn't care less whether there's an LMS or a training system involved or not. They're just finding the information in a contextual framework that makes sense to them. And that's an, another way you can make it interesting. I guess the, the most common way that people are trying to make software uh, interesting and fun to use is the use of gamification. And this is n not a new idea, but it's um, something that uh, has gained a lot of groundswell within the industry. Um, so we've seen the use of leadership boards, social badging, etc. And those social badges... Uh, have a form of currency where they can take them around from one environment to the other, or maybe they you know they can build up points at release and invite surprises. They might be able to buy uh, additional time off work or, or additional benefits from getting rewards from the system. So actually rewarding people from the training they're doing or the, the performance in the system in a, a fun and another way. So there's, there's lots of different ways. Um, I think just making it contextually relevant to where to what people are doing and a pervasive part of what we are doing and I, I suspect pretty much what everyone else is doing as well is the use of um, uh, AI within the software as well to serve up the, the relevant information uh, to a user and this helps make it interesting as well. If you, a great example that everyone is aware of because most people do shop on the likes of Amazon or other systems, it will recommend and serve up other suggestions for you if you buy something it will also suggest uh, peer products that complement each other well. And it's maybe not making it interesting, but it's making it um, useful and it's not making it inhibited to do something. And Amazon do it because they want to sell stuff. They want to make money. And in our environment, we do it because we want to make the system easy to use and we want to entice people and pull people through the system and get usage from the software but also make it relevant to their work. So there's lots of different methods to make software interesting, intuitive, uh, and most of those come from uh, the, the commercial market that you, you mentioned in your question. Great stuff. Well, Liam, thanks very much for talking to TJ. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you much, Sean.